0: Sorry for saying sorry media presents the purr podcast the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips tricks and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team if you're dying to know more about cats keep on listening here are your hosts Dr. Susan Little famous cat vet and textbook author and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein talented surgeon and social media geek.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little.
2: And Dr. Yola Kirkenstein. And this is Dead Per Podcast.
1: It is. So where have you been, Yola? Oh. I've been like checking for new podcasts. There's nothing I... there. So where have you been?
2: Right. There's so many things that you know have happened and where I've been, and I don't even remember it myself. So <laughs> I, I apologize that we have been out of the air for a little bit. Um, you know, our schedules are so crazy right now that we didn't have time to record anything. So I'm really excited to be back.
1: Yeah, sometimes real life gets in the way of our uh, of our podcast life. So
2: but we have such an exciting podcast.
1: We do. We actually have a series of them already planned out for this fall. Right. Yep. Right. So we're very excited on what's uh, coming up. Can we um can we give a little teaser, Yola, about some of the ones we have coming up or
2: giving it away a secret? No, we can we can say it so. So let's what are we going to talk about? Today, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, I thought we would have a look at cats in the news type Ooh. of things. Yeah, yeah. We do. We've done that every now and then, where we've just right. looked and seen, right? What are cats right. doing in the news? And um, uh, what uh, what uh, you know what what interesting things are out there? So. Uh, I So I got a collection of uh, of uh, web pages here that I thought would be interesting to talk about. So the first one before I show the web page. So for those of you oh, awesome. who are watching the video for for this podcast, you'll be able to see the web page. Um, but if you're uh, not watching the video, Then, of course, you won't, but I'll put links to all of the web pages that um, that we're going to talk about today. Um, I'll make sure that the links are in uh, the show notes so you can go and uh, click on the links and find these web pages. So before I show the first one, Iola, I want to ask you first if you know the answer, because I don't want you to see the web page and know the answer. Okay. It's test. It's a test. There's actually two tests for Yola today, two.
2: Oh, gosh, maybe there three. we go again.
1: Actually, maybe three. Okay, but here's the first one. So for 2023, Yola, what are the most popular cat breeds in the United States? What do you think is number one, the most popular cat breed in the United States?
2: Because a person that's very close to me has this breed. I'm going to say that breed's.
1: Okay, what's the breed?
2: So the person is Iceta. Yeah. And Iceta has main poons.
1: You're exactly right. So for this year, yep, high five for this year. Um, absolutely. And I think they've been like the most popular breed for a little bit too. Okay, can you guess number two? Because I think number yes. one is easy. What's
2: Second another? one.
1: Second one. And you can't look it up on a website. I see. I suspect you are doing a Google search.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish I could. Um,
1: Just take a. No,
2: probably it's, You know, I, I would say it is the domestic short hair, but that's a guess. So, so
1: it has to be a breed.
2: Oh, uh, that's not a breed. No. And um, then I would say a cat breed that is not my most popular because they're very hairy. Uh, Perkins.
1: No, it's the Ragdoll.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: Ragdoll and Maine Coon have been really popular um, breeds, actually, for a long time now. So, so you I'm say not... that the
2: m- most popular cat breed in the U.S. or in North America?
1: So, um, for those of you who can see the webpage, it says ah. in the United States. Ah. Yeah. Maine Coon number one. Nice. Um, we're gonna and so it's it's interesting why they think Maine Coon is number one. So large size and their long fur, so they're called gentle giants because they're generally kind of, you know, um, lovable, sweet tempered um cats. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so they've been very popular for a long time now. Let me see. Persian is probably in this list somewhere. So number one is Vancoon. Number two is Ragdoll, as we mentioned. Number three is Siamese. I mean, we couldn't have a list of popular cats without Siamese on there. Nice. Um,
2: I didn't yeah. know that they were still so popular.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, it surprised me a little bit, too, They're because they're number three on the list. Mm. Um, then the Scottish Fold, um, which I... I know is a breed that you and I can have some concerns about because they can have some cartilage problems in their legs that are actually kind of painful. So not all of them, but it is, you know, it's a breed associated thing. So, you know, we're vets, right? When somebody mentions a cat breed, our little brain immediately searches our database (laughs) and remembers (laughs) medical things. Um, Next one is Bengal. So I was actually surprised Bengal wasn't in the top three because it's been a very popular breed. I mean, their appearance can be just striking, just striking some of the patterns. Um, And they are very energetic, for sure. So surprised it wasn't in there. But there's your there's your the breed you mentioned, um, Yola the Persian. Um,
2: Yay, it is on (laughs) there.
1: Yeah, it, um, when, when clients uh, talk to me about getting different cat breeds, especially if they're getting a Persian, you know, I always tell them that you have to groom these cats regularly. And that's what this um, article says. Regular grooming is paramount. Um, so you actually have to be into grooming your cat every day. Right. Yep. And then the last two, um, exotic short hair, which is really just kind of a short hair version of the Persian, really. So, to me, Persian just comes in two flavors, like, you know, long hair and short hair. So, to me, they're a little bit the same. And the last one was the sphinx.
2: Oh. Yeah. Well, so, we're
1: going from lots of hair to no hair. No hair. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And this article says they're affectionate and sociable, and that's been my Experience with them too. But the article also points out that these cats need to bathe regularly. So there's a downside of not having a hair coat.
2: Right.
1: So they're, I mean, they have the same skin glands and the glands are producing like oils and other things that are meant to go on hair. But if you don't have hair, they just accumulate on the cat's um, body. So that's why they require regular um, uh, bathing. Yeah. And of course oh,
2: can, can we talk a little bit about common diseases that we see in these breeds?
1: That's a good idea.
2: So let's start with the sphinx. Obviously it's skin problems I would guess Yeah.
1: Yes. Um what else? Um like a lot of breeds some sphinx families can be prone to cardiac disease so heart disease specifically hypertrophic cardiomyopathy right yeah and,
2: and, and uh, because space. they don't have hair they probably are more sensitive to the sun so you have to be a little bit more careful with them
1: oh that's a really good one right mm. yeah they they may be and the reason we mention that is because um you can see uh Problems with the sun ranging from like sunburn, especially right. in a hairless cat, like all the way to uh, tissue damage. And it's usually, it's commonly on the ears or the nose, right? That can right. transform into um, neoplasia, like it can transform into a tumor. Right. Yeah. Like squamous
2: cell carcinoma is, yeah. you know, it's, it's a tumor of skin cells. And we don't know that sun radiation can cause. Yeah especially in cats that don't have pigment they, and that live in high altitudes, they have a higher risk of getting these squamous cell
1: carcinomas in their skin. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I agree. I think top of the list is like the no hair, ones like the sphinx. And then next is the cats that are white or have a lot of white on their face and ears. Yeah.
2: Then other diseases that Sphinx very often get it, are dental disease, but that's probably common in cats in general. And yeah. ear problems, ear problems. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why do you think Sphinx has ear problems?
1: I don't know. I, I think, again, it has to do with just like kind of accumulating the uh, the oils and the, and the wax. They, they they don't have hair. And, you know, even cats that have hair, they do have hair. Um, On their ears, not just the outside, you know, but they have some hair um, towards the inside of the ear. Right. So their ears aren't hairless. And so these guys don't have those hairs. That's that's my guess anyway. Um, You know, some people think they produce more oil or sebum, you know, or other other skin substances than than uh, haired cats. I'm not sure that's true. I, I suspect they might produce just a normal amount, but it looks like a lot. Because there's no hair. So that's my guess. Yep. Okay, Yola, you're the surgeon. So Persian and exotic short hair. I can think of a problem with those breeds that requires a surgeon. You're on mute, Yola. You're on mute. (laughs) My gosh. (laughs) We've been using Zoom since the pandemic started, and Yola can't get himself off of mute.
2: Oh I was was talking. I was talking. I was like, you you know, I I was thinking of you know multiple diseases in a Persian cat. And the first one that came up was uh, polycystic kidney disease, but as a surgeon I cannot do a lot about that. So
1: no, but that's but
2: uh, I guess you you mean the flat nose syndrome that the
1: The brachycephalic syndrome, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so that's a that's a big issue and uh, and in europe right now in, in holland uh, there are now guidelines um and uh, this i think pertains mainly to the d word but uh guidelines that you cannot breed anymore with uh these that have too short a nose and that's probably also for cats but now they have also decided that you cannot uh how do you call it when you breed it with a one of those these with really short nose with mm-hmm. normal, so I, there's a there is a name for that in English okay. and I forgot, but it's like cross
1: or a hybrid breeding
2: or back breeding or whatever it is oh, okay. with a okay. long nose, D. You're yeah. not allowed to do that anymore either. So oh. in the near future, so you cannot do anything with dogs that have a genetic abnormality of the nose that is so severe, which I think is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the UK has been very strong in this for a while, um, and I think it was the British Small Animal Vet Association mounted really good like public information campaigns to explain like what happens to the cats and of course the lesser species when they're bred for these very short faces. Um, it can mean yeah. a lifetime of suffering.
2: Right. So, um, so what are some other diseases uh, with uh, Persians and exotics?
1: Um, so they, again, like many other breeds, um, can have uh, heart disease, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, mm. There's no, to my knowledge, there's no genetic test. Uh, I think there's only a genetic test for two cat breeds for hypertrophic cardiomy- cardiomyopathy. And that's the Maine Coon and the Persian. Mm. Yeah, because they're different. Like it's not just one genetic change uh, is the same in all breeds. Um, the There appears to be uh, individuality. So you can't take, you know, one test and apply it to all breeds. Right. So, yeah. But we're
2: talking about Persians, so, so yeah.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that I don't want to forget is that Persians are one of the breeds that can have a high percentage of type B blood type, hmm. yeah. and so why does that matter? Um, it matters if you're breeding cats um, because you don't want to breed two type B cats together because the the kittens are likely to not survive. Um, right. So it matters to breeders, and then it matters to owners because. If your cat is type B and it ever needs a blood transfusion, you know, it's has an injury, it's hit by a car or it has some type of disease where um, it's uh, blood counts are getting low and they need a transfusion. It's not always easy to find type B blood and they can only take type B blood.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a good point.
1: So I, I usually recommend for the breeds that have a high percentage of type B. That you get, so there is a genetic test for that, um, and so I usually recommend that owners get that test done um, as soon as possible. So at least it's documented. Hopefully, it'll never you'll never need to bring that into a decision, you know, making issue with medical problems. But if it's ever needed, it's right there. Right. On on the day that the cat needs a blood transfusion is not the day you want to stand there and you can't figure out what the blood type is. So.
2: Totally true. So let's let's go to our number one. What are the top Maine Coon health issues?
1: Um, uh, so we already mentioned the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and they there is a genetic test for Maine Coons. Right. Sure. Yep. So so that's really good, and and again, that's something that breeders should be aware of. You know, they should be trying to um, avoid breeding those cats when they can. And that's another situation with uh, owners that I recommend um, sort of as soon as possible after they get a Maine Coon that they get the genetic test done. And uh, that genetic test will help um, it to some degree predict what might happen with that uh, cat. So if um, if the prediction is that it could be at high risk of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, we might start a screening, an ultrasound screening program for that cat so we can, you know, find it before it gets severe or before the cat goes into heart failure. So yeah. If, so there, if you read
2: the, the pages about Mancoons, it often talks about an increased incidence in stomatitis and dental disease. Do you know anything about that or periodontal disease? Know,
1: I think that's just
2: in general.
1: Yeah. I, I,
2: I do know that Iveta, you know, brushes the teeth of her cats oh. and she has taught them how to deal with it. So every week, which I think is amazing, because yeah. that's the best way to prevent the dental disease in in the D and the, cat, and the cats. Mm-hmm. So I would, uh, I would
1: expect no less from Iveta.
2: Of course, of course. And mean, then polycystic kidney disease is uh, obviously a problem that they have. What about hip dysplasia?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know how current the issue is, but it's that's a really good one to mention. So historically, um, right. that's the breed that has had problems with hip dysplasia. The Persians, too, but to a much lesser extent. So when you think of hip dysplasia in cats, you think of Maine Coons. Um, and there's no genetic test for that. So it's uh, the uh, radiographs, x-rays have right. to be taken um, once the cat is mature. Uh, and um, that's the only way uh, to know. So, you know, hopefully- and that
2: always brings me back to this amazing fact uh, that Duncan Nassau always talks about that, you know, in a cat more than over 10 years of age, you have almost 100% chance that there is some joint disease present and they might be in pain. And we often forget that, you know, cats don't show it that much, but especially when you have hip dysplasia. that's a progressive disease. So in the beginning, you might see a little bit, but those cats will get joint deformities, and it's very, very painful. And, you know, an older cat not wanting to jump might not be because they're old, but just because they're in pain.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, It does have a negative impact on their quality of life. And I've I've, uh, seen some Maine Coon patients that we've had in my hospitals that have absolutely horrible hips. Yeah.
2: So okay, then the, the your favorite favorite um cat breed, Scottish Folds.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the Scottish Folds were what number four on the list?
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: number four. Yeah. So and
2: and, and we do have to uh, to explain that the that these are called Scottish Folds because of the fold in the ear. Yeah. And that is a genetic abnormality. It it's is. not normal.
1: It is. Um and the The uh, genetic change that makes the ears fold is a change in cartilage. So, you know, cartilage is the tissue that tends to support structures like the ears. You know, that's why ears are not floppy, they're upright. Um, And cartilage also um, is in joints and can protect. So, um, you don't have bone. In a joint, you don't have one bone rubbing directly on another bone because that's extremely painful. So there's some cushioning in there. Joint fluid is one thing, but cartilage is another thing. So it shouldn't surprise us, given that this is a cartilage issue, that some Scottish folds have um, some serious problems with cartilage elsewhere in their body, and it tends to be in their hind legs.
2: Right, and. On top of that they get all the other diseases that we talked about that polycystic kidney disease they have heart problems they have all sorts of stuff but uh, you know now we're talking about a breed that is so inbred that there is that we're dealing with a breed that has a genetic abnormality and we often know that these don't come along so there's multiple other uh, genes that probably might be affected, um, and so if you buy a Scottish Fold, you need to realize that you also probably buy a expensive and bill.
1: Yeah, you could, and I, I think a good general bit of advice to give to people who want to buy a a breed, a certain breed, whether it's Scottish Fold or Siamese or whatever, is that they do some homework so they're a rare, aware if there is any health issues in their breed. And that way, when they talk to breeders, they'll they'll be knowledgeable and be able to determine if the breeder um, is aware of these. uh, And if there's a test available that their cats, or at least the one you want to buy, has been tested. So, I mean, it's like anything, right? Even if you want to buy a, I don't know, a car, right? You need to do your background work. So, Right. correct right. Yeah. so um, not to make these impulse buys I guess is a good thing right. advice
2: I think so and and you know anytime when you buy a cat or when you get a D uh think about insurance although some of these breeds that have genetic abnormalities might be excluded from certain, certain procedures things. right yeah so you have to You have to do some research, but I personally am a big fan of insurance in general. Shiki is also insured, because I don't want to take the risk that I get a really high VET bill, although I'm a veneering myself. A lot of things I cannot do myself. And uh, so I have insurance uh, just like I have insurance for myself. But-
1: um, I I think that's great advice. Um, So before we finish, do we have time to do some more?
2: um, No, as a matter of fact, I want to say we're at time. So all oh. the hot news that we did were right here. So we'll come back next week with uh, more hot news. We How will,
1: but I want to just take two minutes right, for one more thing because it's Canadian. Okay. So we looked at the 10 most popular cat breeds in the U.S.
2: Oh, there we go again.
1: And there's one for Canada. So Yola, Right. what do you think is the most popular cat breed in Canada?
2: I am not going to change my, uh, because it's North America, and uh, I made a very strong point why I felt that these two breeds that I chose are the number one and number two, so I'm going with my same choice.
1: Maine Coon, and what was number two?
2: You already forgot? Yep. Persian.
1: Persian. Maine Coon and Persian. And the survey says...
2: Is silence.
1: What is the main tune?
2: (laughs) See, that shows that I'm a Canadian at heart.
1: No, what it shows, Yola, is that you've actually been listening to me. (laughs) And you're actually acquiring some more cat knowledge.
2: Oh, that is one underdeveloped, by the way.
1: Finally, over all the years. I that finally hurts. know that Yola listens to me.
2: That hurts so badly. You know, <laughs> that she does that. You know, we we just reunited and now I feel that I have to leave again. But thank you very much, Dr. Susan, for this amazing episode.
1: I think we should call this the 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 attest test the Yola's cat knowledge. You did pretty good, right. I have to say. I
2: just want to say. I, I think I aced good. I aced this.
1: You did. You did very good.
2: And yes. uh, so, what, uh, Doctor Susan? I it is always a big enjoyment to be in the same virtual room with you. <laughs> yes. It, even though I'm slammed down, um, but uh, this is the per podcast, and uh, sadly we already have to say goodbye to yep. everybody. But we're very happy that we're back.
1: You we can we'll find more information our of our cat news. Next week. at
2: perpodcast.net uh, or with our handle at perpodcast. Uh, where are we with the uh, updated website?
1: Good question. <laughs> okay, where's okay, the I list? Yeah, Where's
2: our list? Where's, our where's
1: list?
2: my list? I know. So, uh, so you'll find all information there. And we hope to see you uh, in the upcoming weeks uh, for the next episode of The Perp because we will have a couple more that
0: specifically talk uh, hot news. So I thank you very much and goodbye.
1: Yeah, bye for now.
0: Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, consultations in feline internal medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options.